Hey, welcome to Victory Church Online. My name is Troy. I get the privilege to pastor this church. And if you are visiting with us, maybe you found us just streaming through online. Welcome. So glad that you would join us. If you are a part of our Victory Church family, we miss you. And we cannot wait till we get to gather together again. We are actually starting a brand new series today. And it's our first technically online series, which I thought is cool. Uh, it's called Family Matters. And we are not only talking about our families being the fact that we are probably around them a lot more right now than normally, but we're also talking about a shift in perspective and being able to look at what we're going through right now and finding the positive impact of this and the positive impact it can have on our families and our marriages and our kids and so on. And so we're going to look at a couple of verses in the book of Genesis chapter 26. So if you have your Bible, grab it. Genesis chapter 26. We'll start at verse 12. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow on your phone or on the screen with me. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at a guy named Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham, and they are considered some patriarchs of the Bible. And what's happening is Isaac is experiencing the favor of God and the blessing of God. And he's kind of in his daily grind. And while he's doing that, this opposition comes um, and he has to face the opposition and ultimately finds himself kind of at a crossroads of what to do. And I just thought how appropriate it was for where we are right now, because all of us, we were just a few weeks ago in the daily grind, you know, working and paying our bills and going to the gym or whatever it is. And then out of nowhere came this opposition. And so many of us are now at this crossroad and we're just trying to figure out what to do. And I think there is kind of a hidden gem in all of this or a silver silver lining that I think we can find not only in Genesis 26, but in what we're facing today. And so we'll start reading Genesis chapter 26, verses 12, and then we'll read about 17. It says, Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, Isaac, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all of the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth or dirt. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us, for you have become too powerful for us. Hey, do me a favor. Grab the person beside you. All right? If you're watching at home, grab some people with you. If you're on your phone, just grab a stranger who's near you and tell them the title of my sermon. You ready? Get their attention. Tell them, I can dig it. Right? I can dig it. Y'all remember that? Remember that was a popular saying? If someone around you didn't participate, they have to use used recycled toilet paper for the rest of the week. Just make sure they understand that. Right? I need you to be involved. I can dig it. Hey, in this time where things seem to be going a little crazy, we need to be looking for the silver lining and the positive in this moment. If you have been around our church for any amount of time, you've probably heard me say before that I have a routine where I'll go to the gym and kind of walk and pray for an hour around their track. And recently when the YMCA closed down, I had to call an audible. And so started thinking through what I could do. And so I just put my headphones on. This was actually Wednesday morning and just went out for my walk and prayer around my neighborhood. When I was going to the door to leave, my youngest daughter, Casey Ray, came up to me and said, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? I said, hey, I'm going to go walk around and pray. And she said, can I go with you? And I thought, well, that's going to be kind of awkward. And so I said, well, hey, look, I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be talking to Jesus and be listening to music. I'm not going to have a lot of time for us to have conversation. And so she went and grabbed a phone so she could listen to music and grabbed a drink and some snacks and out the door we went. 
And it ended up being really cool. We spent a lot of time, or I was able to spend a lot of time praying. She just listened to music. But kind of on our last lap, we were coming near my house and she reached up with her hand and she grabbed my hand. And that got my attention. And so I started praying for her specifically, praying for her future husband and praying for her health and different things. And it was it was just a really cool moment because I'm holding her hand and I'm praying for her and, and you know, had some worship music going on. And I just stopped for a second and realized like this is one of those moments that wouldn't have happened if all that's going on wasn't going on. So it, it was a rare moment. She would have been in daycare or school. I would have been at the gym. But because of what's happening, I got to have this positive moment. And it made me start going down the thought pattern of, is it possible that amongst all of these problems and, and all of this chaos, that there is a silver lining, there is a positive moment that we could find in it all? You know, there's a lot of things that right now we cannot do. But if you think about it, there's a lot of things that we can do. Um, things that we can do that we used to not have time for. I mean, some of us, we can have dinner with our family because we're not working the schedule we used to. Or some of us, we we can find time to exercise at home or we can find time to watch Netflix or we can find time to read a good book or, or whatever it might be. Maybe some of us, we're just finding time to rest because our normal schedule is so crazy. But But in a time where there's so much we can't do, there are actually some things that we can do um, because of what's happening. And I get it, look, we, we should be very cautious right now, we should be very focused right now, very attentive to all that's happening. But wouldn't it be cool to just take a moment and say, hey, what are some areas in my life that could use some improvement? And, and because of what's happening, I have the opportunity to bring improvement to those areas, to the point that when all this is said and done, we could look back at this, all this pandemonium and go, wow, look at some of the positive things that we got out of it. And so I want to introduce to you a thought today. Um, and, I, and I want you to think on it. I'm going to explain it a little bit, but, but it's going to be a thought that we revisit a lot over the next few weeks. And we're going to touch a little bit on it through social media, but, but I want to introduce it to you and then I'm going to explain it to you. Here's the thought. Is it possible that we over time have allowed some wells to become filled. Is it possible that you and I, over time, over busyness and, and the grind, that we have allowed some specific wells in our life to become filled? In Genesis 26, 12, what happens is Isaac is becoming wealthy because the hand of God is on his life. And so he's got livestock and he's got herds and he's got crops and they're all making him wealthy. Meanwhile, he's got these wells that are producing water and it's the water from the wells that sustain his wealth. It's the water that will, uh, you know, fulfill the crops and the livestock and the herds. And so while he's focusing on them, the enemy starts to approach where he's not looking and they start to put dirt in the wells and fill up the wells. And so they're cutting off the supply that will sustain his wealth to begin with. So he's focusing on the wealth, but he's losing his wealth. Here was another way to think about it. He is so focused on the grind that he has lost focus on the gulch. Now, now I don't know if you're like me, and so let, let me explain this, and you can, you can identify yourself or not. I can get so focused on a goal. I can get so focused on a mission or on a dream that I can lose focus on everything else. I can be, again, just, just going after the ability to accomplish something that I can forget about everything else that's around me. And is it possible that Isaac was so focused on this wealth, he's got so much livestock and so many herds and so many crops, that he loses focus 
on the wells, the very thing that sustains his wealth to begin with. I'll give you kind of another cool application to this or an illustration for this. When Darla and I moved to Smyrna to plant the church, we were in an apartment and it's during the summer. So our kids are home from school and we're working from home. So we're working from home and our kids are at home. So we're having a real difficulty in separating uh, you know, between work and, and family time. And so we were like, hey, we need to come up with a couple of things that we can do that are just be like a button that, that turns off work time and, and turns on family time. And so we were thinking about different things we could do. And one of the things we came up with is that we would play Super Mario Brothers with Veda. That would be kind of a moment. Like when we went and turned the Wii on and started playing Super Mario Brothers, work time's over, family time's on. And it, it was a great idea. The only problem is Darla and I didn't think about the fact that we are uber competitive, like super competitive, almost to a scary place competitive. And so when we started playing, Veda's there to have fun. You know, we're there for family time and family time quickly becomes frustrating because Darla and I are trying to beat the board. We're trying to set records on Super Mario Bros. We're trying to, you know, just, just own King Koopa. We're trying to get the coins that are hidden. Like we are focused. We don't even know our kids are in the room. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to win at this game. We're trying to beat these different levels. And if you've ever played Mario, there's a, a funny thing about it that you can start climbing up certain levels and trying to beat the level that if you're the people that are playing with you on your team, if they're not as fast as you, the, the board will, will pass them and it'll kill them. You know what I mean? So, so in the process, they die while you're trying to beat the level. You lose them in the process. And I just wondered, is it possible that some of us have been trying so hard to master certain levels, trying so hard to beat the board, that we've lost the very reason we were playing the game to begin with? right? Is that possible? Like we started playing the game. We started going after the dream and the goal and the mission for our family and for our loved ones. But now we're so focused on accomplishing that goal and so focused on uh, mastering that level that we've kind of left them behind. I mean, again, you think about it with Isaac, he's, he's got all of this livestock and he's got all of these crops, but, but now he's losing the very thing that is sustaining them to begin with. So ultimately what good is the wealth without the whales, right? And, and same thing for our story. What, what good is the success if we lose our soul? I mean, that, that's what scripture ultimately says is if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul. If you, if you have all the success, but you lose your family. If you have all the success, but you lose your mind. If you have all the success, but you lose your relationship with God, was it worth it to begin with? And it made me have this thought and I want to give it to you. I really want you to think about it and, and, and to just really write it down on the tablet of your heart. Listen to me. Is it possible that in this time where we are all so focused on our wealth that the Lord really wants us to pay attention to our wells? Right? And listen, I understand everybody has a right to be concerned at this current moment on job security and financial security. So I'm, I'm not um, turning my nose to that. But listen to me. While we're focused on our wealth, God's saying, hey, pay attention to your wells. Something happened in Genesis 26, verse 17, that I think is very appropriate for us. It says, so, so once the enemy comes and starts to fill up the wells that Isaac has, Isaac knows that that's a problem and that if he doesn't do something, his livestock crops will die. And so the Bible says in Genesis 26, 17, that so Isaac moved away. 
So there's this shift that happens. At the beginning of the year, we told our church that the word for us this year was shift. We didn't have any idea that all this was going to happen, but that God was going to do something in our lives. He was going to cause this shift. And so that's what happens to Isaac. Isaac says, something has to change. I can't continue on this way or, or, or it'll be disaster. Something has to shift in my life. So according to verse 17, Isaac moves. There's a movement, right? So the opposition causes movement. And because of the movement, movement watch this, you're going to see opportunity. Because every time God allows opposition in our life, it ultimately leads to opportunity. Opposition uh, uh, encourages us to move. That movement places us somewhere for opportunity. You can think about it physically, right? We could think, you know, literally, you could think about 9-11 or Hurricane Katrina or, or whether it's maybe not global, maybe something smaller that's happened in your life, but you can look back on oppositions in your life, things that were catastrophes at the time or emergencies at the time. And while looking back at them, you can say, wow, I really learned something from that. And there was an opportunity that showed itself from that. We've learned a lot of things from 9-11 and from Hurricane Katrina, because every time you have opposition, right there, that, that leads to movement and that movement leads us into an opportunity. There's so many spiritual examples of this in the Bible all throughout. Again, the pattern of God is opposition bring an opportunity. But there was this one story that I could not get off my mind all week. And it's the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Uh, there's this time where Jesus, it's like, kind of like his first outreach event. He's gathered this crowd and he's been teaching them all day. And it's getting time to eat and they don't have enough food to feed this many people. Scholars say there was about 15,000 people there. So if you think chaos right now, while people can't have toilet paper, imagine the chaos if people can't have food. And so the disciples see this happening or, or about to happen, and they come to Jesus and say, hey, this, this is, is going to be a problem. We could have a problem here, and I'd rather it be somebody else's problem. So let's, let's let them leave and then worry about their own food, and let's avoid the opposition. And Jesus says, what you see as opposition, I see as an opportunity. And he looks at his disciples and says, you feed them right? Because this opposition is causing movement. The disciples went from listening to Jesus to walking up to Jesus and saying, hey, we got a problem. And that movement now has put them in position for an opportunity. Think about that. Opposition into movement. And that movement puts me in position for an opportunity. The opposition that we're facing is moving us. It's putting us in a position of shifting and movement. And that movement is going to place us in opportunity. And if we will operate in that opportunity, we will see the blessing and the hand of God. What happened as a result of 5,000 people needing food is that God's name got glorified and God's people got used to be able to be a part of a miracle. And every opposition comes with that, an opportunity for the name of God to be lifted and an opportunity for God's people to be used. What we're facing right now, it's opposition. But if you've noticed, it's opposition that's causing us to move. So many of us are moving in ways that we weren't moving before this happened. And the movement that's taking place is putting us in a position for opportunity. And that opportunity is going to birth two things for sure. Number one is for the name of God to be glorified in your life and in my life. And number two is for the people of God to be used to do something miraculous so that people can be saved and healed and the name of God can be glorified because the pattern and the hand of God is wherever there's opposition, 
there's going to be opportunity. So I want to talk to you about the opportunity that we are standing in front of amidst this opposition. And that is the opportunity for you and I to reopen some wells. Okay. So, so, so let me show you what I mean in scripture. Genesis 26 verse 18. So Isaac moves away. He goes to the valley of Gerar where his dad used to live at one time. And watch what verse 18 says. It says, Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Okay, so Isaac's where he's at. He's getting success and wealth and and income the Philistines and the enemy, and they fill up his current wells, right? They stop the current flow of water, and they're trying to, to, to be able to take down his wealth. He needs the wells to sustain his wealth. So he moves to Gerar and he gets there. And when he gets there, he realizes, and he knew this going there, that there were wells there from a while back that his dad had. But since his dad died, they had been stopped up as well. And so he goes there with the mindset, watch this, that I will reopen old wells. There are things that you and I used to do that work, but we don't do them anymore. There are things that Isaac knew this. There were things that generations before him used that that worked, but they weren't being used anymore. So he reopened them. There are processes and, and patterns that generations before us use that work today, but we need to reopen them. Hear me. Listen to this. We are still in God's hand. You need to hear that today. Amongst all that's happening, we are still in God's hand. But what we are being given is an opportunity to reopen wells that used to work for generations before us, but we have allowed them to become filled. So I want to take a few minutes and I want to give you, I I believe there are eight. Through my time of prayer, I feel like God has shown me eight wells that you and I have an opportunity to reopen amongst this opposition. So number one is this. Number one is the well of prayer and fasting. I mean, come on, this this, number one has to be the, the most important well, but beyond that, it's probably the most relevant well for what we're going through right now. I think more people are praying now than probably have prayed in a long time. But if you think about our culture, our culture had gotten to a place where we had removed prayer out of everything, schools. I mean, it was a big deal to get prayer out. That's a well that we let get filled. Over time, we were focusing on the blessing and focusing on the wealth and focusing on success. And we allowed this well of prayer and fasting to get filled up. And now, listen to me, prayer is a time for us to be realigned with God. When we pray, we realign our will and we realign our goals with God. And God's saying in the midst of all of this, it's a time for you and I to reopen the well of prayer. It's time for us to return to prayer. We should be back to daily prayer, not just emergency prayer, but back to daily prayer. We got to reopen that well. The next well is the well of scriptures, the well of the Bible. You got to get back to reading the Bible. The the, the biggest success that the enemy has had against us is getting us to a place where we don't read the scriptures. And so we don't know what the Bible says. Meanwhile, the Bible says it's the truth that sets us free. 
And so the enemy's got us bound, not by real chains, but by the lack of the knowledge of knowing what the Bible says. We shouldn't be running to what news reports and social media says. We should be running to the scriptures to know what does Jesus say? What does the Lord say to people who are in similar situations? What a great time. There's no better time than right now to reopen the well of scriptures. Start reading the Bible, just picking up a daily reading. The third well is the well of praise and worship. Now, these two things I believe are different. Praise is a time for us to praise God. It's a time for us to thank God. The Bible says we should enter the enter His gates with thanksgiving. So it's a time to thank Him for all that He's done. It's a time to operate in the joy of our salvation. Every Christian should be walking around with joy. I'm tired of seeing Christians with like we should be joyful, right? We have the joy of the Lord. It's the time to reopen excitement and fulfillment in those who follow Christ. And then there's worship. Worship, watch this. Worship is seeking the face of God, not the hand of God. Right? So it's, it's being at the feet of God. So you've got praise, which is thank you, Lord. But then you've got worship, worship, which is just being at his feet, honoring. We have to reopen that well. It's not just music. That is one way that we worship and praise through music. But worship and praise is not music. It's, it's, it's an it's a, it's a action. It's how we move. It's how we fall at the feet of God. It's how we honor him. We have to reopen that well. The fourth well is a well of faith. We have to get back to that all throughout Scripture. You see the children of God finding themselves in position to be able to, or where they need to have faith. Probably the best moment of my life so far is when Darla and I stepped out to plant this church because it put us in a place where we needed faith. And when you need real faith and you have to go to the feet of God and the face of God and lean on Him for faith, there's just nothing like it. And so we need to return to that, getting, putting ourselves in positions where we are not only people of faith, but we're faith-filled, that we're what we say on Facebook and what we say on social media and how we live and how we operate is faith-filled. The next well is the well of generosity. This is probably the well that we'll have the quickest opportunity to reopen with all that's happening, um, but, but being able to not be so focused on ourselves. I heard somebody say that one thing that this virus has revealed is how selfish we are. And it's so important that we reopen the well of selflessness. I heard a story, a friend of mine uh, on Facebook put where he had gone to the grocery store and got a couple different rolls of toilet paper and he was going out and this woman caught him at the door and she said, is there still more rolls? And he said, yeah, you know, da da da. And he goes to his car and he said, I waited in the car to see if she got one. And she comes out and she's, you know, downcast because she didn't get one. He said, I got out of my car, walked over and handed her some toilet paper, you know, one of his roles. She said, he said she tried to pay him. And he said, no, and I just, it just feels good to be able to do this for you. It's that spirit of generosity. There's nothing like the feeling of being able to, to meet a need and to do something for somebody that needs something because we're blessed where we are. So we need to reopen the well of generosity. Uh, the next well is the well of family. We need to reopen that well. We need to get back to playing board games with our kids. The, the bumper video for this series is kind of a, a play on sitcoms that I watched growing up, like Full House and Family Matters and all these shows that were showing us what it was like back then before Netflix and before Amazon Prime when we had dinner at the table and when we talked to our kids and when we talked to our parents and when there wasn't cell phones everywhere. We need to return to that well. Whether, whether it's the generation, the way it was with our parents or our parents' parents, we need to reopen the well where we are sitting at the table with our kids, where we are 
just sitting at the table with our family, with our parents, talking to our parents. Some of us, you're in a generation where you've got, you're taking care of both your parents and your kids. And it's important that we return to what used to work for families. The next well, and this may not apply to everybody, but it's the well of marriage. For those of you that are married, we need to return back to the opportunities where we would sit down and talk to our spouses and where we would serve our spouses. And me and Darla had a conversation a couple months ago. We were like, man, we're so busy. We're just like ships passing in the night. You know, we, we've got to slow down. We've got to have time for one another. You, you know, you, you are who I married. I need to be spending the most of my time with you. We got to return to that. And then the last well is the well of rest. And we just got to return to having a Sabbath. We, we've all been so busy and so crazy that we've gotten away from, from time where we can rest and re-energize. And as a pastor, that's probably one of the wells we struggle opening the worst is because we want to, to keep doing and keep reaching and keep helping. But God says, hey, even you need a time where you can rest and re-energize. And so, so let me just kind of go back over it. Um, these, are, these are older wells that worked for our generations, were worked for generations before us. And in this time of opposition, there's an opportunity for us to go back and reopen those wells. Wells that got closed. Watch this. We got so busy. We got so focused on the grind that these wells started to get filled. Do, do you read your Bible? Well, I'm just too busy. Well, have you prayed? Well, I'm just too busy. Well, when's the last time you had dinner with your kids? Well, we're just so busy. My kids have ball games and I've got this. Everybody's so busy focusing on success and wealth, that these wells that matter, the wells that sustain us, the wells that are the reason we are doing this to begin with, these wells have become filled. And God's saying in the moment of all of this, the biggest gift he can give you is reevaluation and realignment and a perspective shift that takes you to those wells, gets you a shovel, and you start digging and reopening those wells. We open that well of prayer. Start praying again. Return to prayer. Prayer is what we need. Be a prayer warrior. Reopen the well of scripture. Read your Bible. Reopen the well of worship and praise. Put on some music. Leave a worship song playing all day in your house. Just reopen that well. Reopen the well of faith. Step out and believe God. Reopen the well of generosity. Where can I give? Reopen the well of your family. Reopen the well of your marriage and reopen the well of rest. It's just incredible, an opportunity amongst all this opposition for us to step back and say, what wells in my life have I allowed to become filled? And where can I work hard to reopen them? I want to ask you to do something for me after this service today. No matter where you are, no matter where you're watching, would you take a moment, take a pen, take some paper, write these wells down. They'll be all over our social media accounts in case you forget them, but write them down and sit down with your loved ones, whether it's your kids or your spouse, your parents, whatever it might look like, sit down. Maybe it's just yourself. Sit down and say, hey, what wells do I need to reopen in my life? Write these wells down and start making notes. How can I fit these things into this realigned routine of mine? How can I start off tomorrow with prayer? Where, where, where am I going to read the Bible? Where are there opportunities for me to operate in faith and to be generous? What, what structure can I put in place for my kids and for me to find rest? Start putting a game plan and how you're going to reopen those wells. As a church, we're going to be releasing some resources and some videos 
in the next couple days, weeks, and so on, and trying to help you even more on how to reopen the well of marriage or, or family or, or quiet time or Bible reading. And I just want to encourage you to do that because I think that something will happen when you do that that will be a little bit unexpected but it'll be exactly what you need in this season. And I'm going to show you it happened in Scripture in Genesis 26, verse 19. Watch how the story ends. It's so cool. So Isaac has moved. He's reopened the wells. And now watch this in verse 19. Isaac's servants dug in the valley, and they discovered a well of fresh water there. So, so they move, and Isaac's plan is, I'll just, I'll just dig up these old wells, and then I'll get them going. I'll, I'll get them back to a process where they're, where they're providing what I need. But while that servant is digging, he's digging that dirt out the way. He's throwing it over his shoulder. He's like, I can dig it. He's digging it. And while he's digging it, it reveals fresh water has always been there. It's always been there, right there where they needed. But it was under a field well. Hear this from my heart. What you need right now, the fresh water that you need that's going to give you peace and hope and faith and love, that's going to quench a thirst, that's going to give you exactly what you need, it's already there. It's in those wells that are right in front of you. If you will dig up and reopen that well of Bible reading and, and praying, you're going to find fresh water that's always been there. When you reopen that well with your family and you sit down and talk to your kids and you sit down and talk to your spouse, you're going to find fresh water that's always been there. When you reopen that well of rest, you're going to find fresh water that's always been there. When you reopen that well of worship and praise and generosity, there's going to be fresh water there waiting on you that's always been there. Listen to me, the Word of God is so fresh and it's exactly what we need today. That while just a few weeks ago we were in a grind and we were successful and we were running and in came this opposition and now we aren't certain what to do. We don't know if we should go create new wells. We don't know what we should do. And God says there are wells, old wells that worked for generations before you. Go to those wells and reopen them. Don't start new ones. Don't get on Pinterest and try to figure out how to fix this. Go reopen the old wells that worked for your mom and dad, and it worked for your grandma and grandpa, and it worked for thousands of generations before you. Return to prayer. Return to the Bible, return to worship, return to faith, return to generosity, return to your spouse, return to your kids, return to your parents, and return to rest. And if we will return to those things and reopen those wells, we are going to find fresh water. Father, we thank you for your word and how alive it is and how on time it is for where we are right now. And I know you've been speaking this to my heart for weeks now, that while I'm looking at such opposition and emergency and chaos and uncertainty, if I will allow your Holy Spirit to shift my perspective, I'll be able to step back and say, what is the opportunity that's in the middle of all this opposition? And what your word has continued to tell me and what I've already started to implement and see impact from 
is not to look for something new, but to return to the old things that have always worked. Return to my prayer time. Return to reading my Bible. Sit down at the table with my family and embrace the ones I love. And in the midst of all of that, the things that I may have lost my attention on, the things that I may have lost my focus on, those things will bring the fresh water that I need. So I pray right now for every person listening to this word, whether it's Sunday, whether it's another day, I pray right now that as they hear it, your Holy Spirit will start speaking to their heart and it'll make clear to them the wells in their life that they know work. You know it works. You've seen it work, but you just got busy. You're not a bad person. You just got busy and that well got filled. And God's saying, if you'll return to that well and you'll reopen that well, you will find the fresh water you need. There's somebody listening right now. They need to reopen the well of praying. They need to go back to praying. They used to pray, but something's happened. They need to reopen. Somebody listening right now that needs to reopen the well of reading your Bible. Somebody right now, they're sitting in the room with their spouse, and they know it, and their spouse knows that they need to reopen the well of their marriage. There's a family sitting right now watching. They've gotten away from spending time together iPhone has begun to own their home and they know they need to reopen the well of them being together and relying on one another and loving each other. There's even somebody listening right now, they know that they need to reopen the well of rest. And God, we all understand that if we will do this, Lord, your scripture's clear, we will find the fresh water that we're searching for in this time. So Lord, minister to our hearts, speak to us right now. And Lord, over the next couple of days and weeks, help us and give us strength and wisdom and guidance and discernment on how to reopen wells that have worked for us before. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.